Hey everyone, it's me, Mac, and welcome back to Master of a Few, the podcast where the curious mind meets too much time. Guess what? I already recorded this. I recorded about 13 minutes of this segment and decided I hated it, and I deleted it. So here we are. Um, what I want to talk about today is this concept of being told to shut up and sit down, um, which is probably something a lot of us have experienced. Um particularly if you're a member of any minority. Um, I just came from a response to a, and I quote, traditional marriage crusade that happened on my campus. Now, only about three or four people showed up to that crusade, but um, there were about eight or so of us, I think it was eight, yeah, eight or so of us, um, who are either members of our LGBT group or members of our allies group, came and gathered around and we prayed too and we read some scripture and we read some poetry and we had some time of meditation and reflection and just to say that theirs are not the only voices and that was it was an empowering experience and not something I would have seen myself doing years ago for lots of reasons but I want to talk today about being told to shut up and sit down and why if you are a member of a minority or a member of of a majority and you do sit down and shut up that you become part of the problem i know i don't want this to be a preachy segment where i preach at all of the people who stay quiet on issues i don't really want it to become that because people have their reasons for not saying things sometimes and i get that And I know that there are a lot of outstanding circumstances that may take place that may cause one to decide to stay quiet on issues, whether it be the position you hold, whether it be your safety, or anything like that. So I get it, there are extenuating circumstances, but I want to talk about how important it is to not shut up and sit down. This also stems from something my RD said after I read a poem and um, was took part in a worship service for my residence hall. I live in an all-women's residence hall, which is awkward and weird and uncomfortable a lot of the time, but my RAs and um, the RD of my building are amazing, and they do their very best to make sure that I'm comfortable, and I appreciate it very, very much. Um, but after I read this poem by Hosanna Poetry, it's called I Have a New Name. It's an amazing poem, but... After I finished reading it, um, my RD walked up to me and said, Don't be quiet. Because if you're quiet, the world will never change. And I said okay, and walked away. And then, after the end, um, she and I were walking back toward the hall, and she looked at me and said, I could just see you. While you're reading that poem, I could just see you preaching, behind a pulpit preaching. And god's gonna use you and i can just see it you're serving you serving him and all of this and she said and people are going to tell you to shut up but don't shut up and she made me cry and it was great um but hearing somebody say that was really meaningful for me because i don't know if i've talked about this in another episode i probably have but There have been times, a distinct time, where I was made to feel unworthy to be serving on my campus. I was a member of, I'm a member of chapel staff, and I almost had that taken away from me once because 
um, a faculty member did not think that a trans student should be allowed to serve on chapel staff. Um, and as a result, I was almost removed. Um, I was taken off of, like, full duty, so I was not allowed to pray before chapel, um, in front of the congregation, and I wasn't allowed to read scripture. I was only allowed to scan IDs at the door. And that was a really hurtful experience for me because it felt like people in the body of Christ in my Christian community were telling me, no, everyone else is worthy and required to serve God, but you're not allowed to, is what it felt like. And that, as someone who has been called into the ministry for a little under 10 years, that was really, really hurtful. And awful. (laughs) And so hearing someone say, no, don't you dare shut up, I can see you behind a pulpit preaching, talking about the love of God, I can see it. Don't you dare shut up. Hearing someone say that um, was just so important for me. And so I just I don't know if I already said this. I probably already have. I'm going to repeat myself a lot because I'm, I'm scattered today. But the concept that if you're part of a minority, you need to speak up. And it took me a long time to get to a point where I could, did speak up. I didn't for a really long time for a lot of reasons. But I, if you would have told me years ago that I would be sitting in a circle of queer and not queer students and Christians and people who are not Christians and praying with them and reading poetry with them in response to a traditional marriage crusade, I would have laughed at you because I would have said, there's no way I'll be on the other side of the courtyard with them praying against those people because for some reason, that's that's not for some reason, I know exactly what it is, when I was part of that majority, when I was part of that group who thought that we had the moral high ground by excluding people and choosing not to love people because of something like their sexual orientation or their gender identity or their gender expression or how they choose to serve God, I was outspoken. I would preach at lunch tables. I was, I would do street preaching with my church, all of that. And yet, as soon as I became part of that minority group speaking out got a whole lot scarier because it was a risk now and now I do have the moral high ground I am literally I am preaching that we need to love period because that's what Jesus said Romans um, 13 10 it says um, therefore If there is any other commandment, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have my Bible directly in front of me, but therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. It goes, it goes, if there is any commandment, you've heard the commandments, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not covet. Um, But, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And so... It's not my job to speak up against people. It's my job to speak up for love. And that has been a huge realization of mine over the past couple years. Because 
coming from the outspoken crazy Baptists that my family is and are, um, coming from that, we were always speaking against something. Always. There was lists of things that we would speak against. Gay marriage, trans people, people who weren't Baptists, people who did we didn't believe to be Christians, people who weren't Christians, people who smoked, drank, had tattoos, had sex outside of marriage, got divorced, you name it. We had lists of things we would preach against, but if you asked us what we would what we would speak up for, that list was way, way, way shorter. But how in the world can we talk about serving a loving God when we won't speak up for love? We'll speak against everything we decide is wrong, but we won't speak up for love. And that's messed up to me. Because I serve a God who is literally defined as love. I serve a God who, when he came down in flesh as a man, he said that the two greatest commandments are to love God and love others, and on that hangs the entire law. Every other thing you can pick, put on your picket sign. Over all of that is the command to love one another. And then again in Romans, love is the fulfillment of the law. For some reason, I don't understand, but we can't seem to get our minds around that. And I think that that's ridiculous, because it's way easier to speak up for something than it is to speak against it. That's not true. That's not true at all. It's way easier to speak against something than it is to speak for it, but... Think about that. We have the opportunity... I'm going to speak directly to Christians. We have the opportunity to speak up for love. Like, we talk about how we're saved by the love and the grace of God. And we get the opportunity to speak up about that. We get the opportunity to say, hey, guess what? This world sucks. People are awful. People kill each other and they treat each other terribly and they do such awful things. But you know what? God is so good. And you know what? There is love for you. There is someone, even if you've been abandoned by your family, even if you are alone in this world, there's a God who loves you. There is unconditional, eternal love available for you. It's just, it's here, and it's free, and no one's going to take it away from you. We have the opportunity to speak up for that. And I think that that's amazing. So in response to all of the people who are going to tell me to shut up, in response to all the people who, on both sides, whether you're super crazy conservative or super crazy liberal, because I am neither, <laughs> if for the to the super crazy conservatives who are going to say, you're trans, you don't get to speak, I'm not going to shut up. Because I know... I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God calls me his son. I know it. And I know that there is unconditional love available to whosoever will. The Bible says over and over, whosoever will may come. There's no asterisk with a list of people who are excluded. It doesn't exist. So I'm going to speak up for that radical kind of love that I've been talking about, and that 
Jesus talks about, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak up for that love, and the super crazy conservatives who don't think that I should be able to, are gonna have to sit down and listen, because I'm gonna speak up for the idea that love is available for everybody, Jesus gave no exceptions, see my previous episodes, unconditional love and obtrusive love, for examples. And then, to the super crazy liberals, who... I'm also not one of them. <laughs> They're going to love me at first. I was just having a conversation about this when I go to seminary because I'm going to go to a pretty pretty progressive, um, a very progressive uh, divinity school, and I'm super excited about that. But the thing that's going to make me weird is the fact that I'm conservative. Um, because at first, it's going to be amazing because they're going to be like, wait, you're a trans guy, recovering Baptist? Yes, this is great. But then they're going to find out that I'm pretty conservative in my doctrine, and it's going to be, they're going to be offended. <laughs> but beside that, to those people, I'm not going, I'm not going to shut up about my faith either. Because you know what? I'm not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. There are parts of my faith and parts of my conservative, moder- moderate conservative faith that have saved my life. I do still believe that there's a wrong and a right. I do still believe that Jesus is the only way of salvation. And I'm not going to shut up about that either. Because you know what? It is the truth. And it's a beautiful truth. Because you know what comes along with that truth? If Jesus is the only way, then guess what? There is nothing I have to do. Which is super great. Because I can't do anything. I suck. (laughs) I am a flawed human being that will mess up over and over and over again. And you know what? If there's a ability to go to heaven that is has anything to do with who I am and what I do, then that means that I can screw it up. That means that I can lose it, and I have no interest in that. But Jesus is the only way. His radical, crazy love is the only way. I'm not going to shut up about that, because that is hope, that is truth, and that is something worth spreading, something worth talking about. So I'm not gonna shut up. I'm gonna continue to talk about how God sees me as his son. I'm gonna keep talking about how every person that I meet is made in the image of God and deserves to be loved. I'm gonna keep talking about the radical love of God. I'm not gonna shut up. And do I think that the voice of one person can change the world? No, I don't. Maybe that's just me being a cynic, but... I know that I'm not going to change the world, but if I help one person, one singular person see that there is love available to them that is completely unconditional, if I help someone come to a place where they can look in the mirror and not hate the person they see looking back at them, if I can just help one person believe that they have a place in this world and someone who cares about them then I think I've done my job. I can be I can be good with that. So, to those of you who are part of a majority, it is your responsibility. I'm I'm going to I'm going to say, you have a responsibility to lift up the voices of those not heard. It is your job to make space for them to be heard. And if you're part of a minority, I know it's scary, and I know it's dangerous, and I know that not everyone feels like they're ready for it. But get ready, because the world needs your voice. The world needs you to speak up and say, look, I'm here. 
I won't apologize for my existence, and here's what I know to be true because of this road that I've had to walk. My road is different than yours, and because of it, I have things to say. I have things to share. If you're a majority, lift up the voices of minorities, and if you're a minority, speak up. And share your story, and talk about what you know, because your perspective is going to be different. And it's going to be, and it's so, so needed. So in other words, don't be quiet. Because if you're quiet, you'll never change the world. Thank you to my RD. So don't shut up. Speak up. Be loud. Be obnoxious. Live with that radical, obtrusive, unconditional, reckless love. And know that you're in really good company. Because <laughs> Jesus did that. He spent every single day of his life on earth sharing this message of radical, radical love. That everyone looked at him and were just like, would you please just shut up? And Jesus said, no, I will not. And yeah, they killed him for it. But guess what? He rose from the dead and secured eternal salvation for all humanity. So I think we're in good company. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that someone needed to hear this. If not, I needed to hear it. So there you go. Um, I want to thank everybody who has ever helped me find my voice and helped me speak up. For To every person who is a member of minority who feels like nobody sees you, nobody hears you, I do. I see you and I hear you and I know that you're and I know that you've struggled and I might not know your individual stories but I know that you're loved and I know that you're made in the image of God and thank you for existing. Um so on that note, I wish you the very best of weekends. Um my name is Mac and this has been Master of a Few. Have a brilliant day. Bye. <laughs>